Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. We have this week a follow-up episode from last week's episode about what to do and how to handle when students won't read at home. It's not like this is a very specific problem. Like everybody has this problem. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, Amanda likes to say things like, I have never had that problem, but we all know that she's absolutely oh, yeah. lying. Oh, yes. Yeah. So if you missed last week's episode, make sure that you hit pause here and go and give that one a listen because it gives you more in depth. This week is going to be a quick episode, friends. We promise you that it is going to be faster than normal because we're going to take everything we talked about last week and just kind of change the lens a little bit. Last week, we talked about whole class novels or whole class texts and what to do when students won't be reading at home for whatever reason, right? No judgment, but some kids won't read. Some kids can't read, whatever that is. When they're not reading at home, here's what to do. This week, we are talking about when there's choice or when students are reading different things. So there might be a different paces and just what to do and how those things translate to different varieties of texts. But wait, 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 Marie, Marie, I thought choice was the solution. Like if I let my kids choose, they're automatically going to just be reading all the time. Doesn't that work that way? I mean, I'm not going to lie. If you've been looking at my YouTube channel for like a minute, you've heard me say that that is the biggest hurdle to get over. I don't know. What's, what am I trying to say? Jump. Yes. The biggest hurdle to accomplish is getting students to be engaged in what they're reading in the first place. And choice does a lot of that. We're going to talk about that in just a minute, but we're also going to talk about kids being kids and life being life. And sometimes Uh things just doesn't work out the way that we want them to work out. 
So Amanda, cue the music. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. So let's call it out. Let's call me out as a person who has been on teacher yeah. social media yeah, for a few years now uh, saying, just give them choice. It's going to solve all your problems. Okay. Listen, I've never said it that way, but I have said that choice solves a lot of the problems and it solves the lion's share of the problems. And I'm not going back on it. I will, however, say that let's be real. Life is real. The world is real and getting realer every minute. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes it's not just a matter of getting kids engaged in what they're reading by giving them choice in what they read. Sometimes it's just that they don't have the reading skills and stamina to keep up with what they've chosen. Sometimes they don't have the life situation that allows them the time and the energy to keep up with something that they've chosen. Even if they are engaged in it, sometimes they make the wrong choice and they get two weeks in and go, oh, this sucks. And then they have to muscle the way through. So let's talk about how to help those students when they've got choice and the engagement piece is there, right? Like, let's just all perfect world, Amanda. Everybody's engaged and interested in what they're reading because they've had choice in it, but they're still not reading. What do we do? Oh my gosh. I don't know what that world looks like, but come on. If you listen to last week's episode, one of the biggest things that Marie and I talked about was a mindset shift, right? And so I think the mindset shift with choice reading is remembering that in choice reading, similar to a whole class novel, but different in this type of unit, the central component of our class time is still skill building. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to let go of some control. You've already let go of control by not having a whole class novel. Good. That's awesome. This is a great place to be in. You're 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 growing. Yes. (laughs) And choice is great. And like, and this is for me, like I'm someone who likes to have a balance of whole class and choice novels, like all year long, we're kind of going back and forth. But when you're in choice, you let kids, you know, kind of have this freedom. They're still not reading at home. My first place I go is what I can control in the classroom. That's the first thing that I need to let my energy deal with is that part. Before I try to solve the reading at home problem, I try to make sure that the class time that we are spending together is as valuable as it possibly can be. So does that solve your problem? No, not yet. We're going to get there. But designing lessons during the week that are skill-focused is really going to be a big part of that equation. Would you agree with me? Am I like... Am I on the right page? No, you absolutely are. Because I mean, with everything, it's control what you can control. And the first part of that is figuring out what the heck you can control and then moving on from there. So yes, it's the mindset shift that if you're already relinquishing control and letting them do choice, you're probably more than halfway there. It's shifting your focus away from the reading to what they're going to do with the reading. If they have, If they have a why for the reading, that's really defined, then they're going to get some part or whole of the reading done at some, in some way, right? Like, so it's even creating urgency for students. And so that's like the mindset shift for students is understanding and seeing that urgency of doing some piece of their responsibility of the reading. 
And that one of the really good strategies Amanda has that I use also in my classroom is giving large chunks over longer periods of time. Like we said, listen to last week's episode if you want to get into more of the nitty gritty of what that looks like. But giving students more freedom actually gives them more control. That control that you let go of doesn't have to go into the ether. It needs to be transferred and shifted (laughs) into the hands and minds of our kiddos so that if I'm not the only one who knows exactly what page we're doing and I'm controlling all of that, but they're instead assigning themselves control over how much they're reading each night or like how they're divvying up their own reading assignments. It maintains a level of like, what am I trying to say? Legitimacy, right? So, and students have to, they have to hear that like explicitly, Hey, by the way, I'm not telling you exactly what to read. You have to tell yourself exactly what to read. Like they need to hear that transfer of control and transfer of power straight up. That's what's happening. I've used a couple of different, like really basic Google form types of check-ins, you know, just really casual, non-assessment type of check-ins with kids are really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but just say, Hey, what's your reading? What page are you on? Is that further than where you were three days ago, five days ago? Um, if you're struggling, like is the pain point on you? Is there something that I can do to adjust? And then like kind of keeping an eye on that information and helping the kids in the moment that really are crying out for that structural support. Maybe you can sit down together and put together a reading calendar. Maybe that's all they knew, all they know how to work from, but little casual check-ins, you know, doesn't have to be like a big reading conference. It could just be a Google form check-in. Or it can be Quick check in with your group. How's everybody doing? Are you where you thought you would be? Are you behind where you thought you would be? Are you ahead of where you thought you would be? I do this at least weekly. And then we say, what's working? Hey, somebody in here tell me if you're ahead or at where you thought you were going to be, what's working? Write those strategies on the board. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what you just said, what's getting in your way? What are your obstacles to being to where you thought you would be or where you want to be? Let's talk about that. What are the things we can control and modeling for students? That's kind of the whole point, right? Is it's, I said it last week too, letting them enter my classroom in one state and leave my classroom more prepared for the rest of the world. That's the goal. That's the ultimate, right? So what can we do about that? Nothing. Can I do anything about that? Yeah, sure. Here's a few ideas. And we brainstorm together and then students can next week. Hey, what did you try? Right. It's just those maybe five minutes that helps build skills over time for our students mindset shifts. It's all about control and transferring control. Hello, friends. Please excuse the interruption of this episode. We wanted to let you know about something very, very exciting coming to you from Brave New Teaching. This is fireworks and confetti. Do you hear it? We are so freaking pumped to bring you the Shakespeare Teacher Festival again. Round two, we are bringing to you an entirely new modern take on Shakespeare in the classroom. So if you joined us last year, that's awesome. But this year, everything is brand new. Absolutely. Last year was Basics with the Bard, and this year's Shakespeare Teacher Festival is Shakespeare in the Modern Classroom with your modern students and exactly how to frame that, what we do. We're going to dive into some specific plays, a little bit deeper of a look at some of the most commonly taught plays, Hem, Romeo and Juliet. Let's frame that differently. And we can't wait to get started. So make sure that you head to the show notes or just go to bravenewteaching.com to get yourself registered. Make sure you bring in a couple of friends with you. It's going to be a good time. All right, let's get back into the show. Let's talk about close reading, which is our favorite strategy ever, but close reading when you're not all reading the same thing. What do you do? 
So first thing you do is you pause this episode and you go back and listen to our choice reading episode that we did in the fall of 2021. Uh, Marie and I were hosting the uh, the Shakespeare. We're doing a Shakespeare festival soon. We were doing our dystopia festival. And so we talked about one of the cool like hacks. Again, this is a, a sort of about control as well. But when you create and design a choice reading unit, remembering that it's not a free for all. What we control are those structural components. So the essential question that threads those choices together. And one of the things that we talked about in that episode was maybe writing an essential question that focuses on genre, right? Mm -hmm. So that when we are all reading something different, the thread that we have in common is a genre, is a theme, is something that's going to be the foundation for choosing those close read passages. So like when I do a a dystopia choice unit, I like to do close reading on dystopian short stories or poetry or whatever it might be. Maybe it's um, political cartoons, right? We, I choose my supplementals and my close reading based on whatever essential question is threading the unit together. So to piggyback onto that, the other thing that I do when I, cause I do choice novel units every quarter, like it's part of what we do in here is I make sure that sometimes we'll do all class. We'll close read one part of one of the book clubs groups, right? Or like, let's say I have five different choices. Maybe we'll do two a week and we'll just kind of rotate through the different books and everybody will get their time to shine something like that. Or maybe there's a short story that we're using, like, okay, let's take Dystopia, for instance. Maybe we're reading Everybody Together is read Harrison Bergeron. So we're going to take close reading passages from Harrison Bergeron. And if we're looking at symbol, if we're looking at character, whatever that is, we're going to do that all together. And then I'm going to set them free to choose their own passage from their own book and do the exact same thing we just did so that they're transferring the skill and transferring the knowledge. So like, that's a great way to bring close read in. And it repeats. We always talk about it. Repeat, repeat, repeat the same thing with new content so that students are developing their skills. hundred percent. It's skill-based and essential question, critical thinking based. So once again, again, sorry, control goes to that. (laughs) We're going to say the same thing, right? I know. And, And again, if they're not reading at home, but we're creating the kind of week that gives them permission to figure out how to read at home. Right. Right. Like we can't just say they're not reading at home. And then stop after the first, I just banged my desk. Just Sorry. You got a pounded little your desk. Pound That's not a bang. That was a pound. I got really, you were really into it, man. There. Keep going. <laughs> but we give up, we give up really quickly. And we know kids need more practice to learn how to read at home because a lot of them have never really done it because they've not been given enough space to figure it out. So give them the space to figure it out. Keep your class time focused on skills. And we are back to our insurance policy, which is formative assessments that look at skills, formative assessments that build skills, that practice skills, that give you the data that you need. We are always talking about down with the reading quiz. It's down with the reading quiz. It's Sesame Street quizzes. It's paragraph chunk quizzes. It's annotation quizzes. It's one pager quizzes. Now I'm just listing random things that we talk about in the master class. <laughs> But it's these different ways of assessing their skills and whether or not they get it, giving them the freedom to figure it out in their own time. And let's say a kid just straight up isn't reading their choice stuff, then whatever that anchor, whatever those supplementals are, you use that in place of what their book was so that they're still doing the stuff you need them to learn. It's just not with the same content. 
Right. Because if you're going to give a paragraph chunk quiz, right, maybe you're going to ask students to, uh, I'm going to just stay on my dystopia thread because that's where I am. And I can't, where we're at, man, I can't pivot midway through my own example. Um, But my paragraph chunk quiz in this situation is going to be based on a dystopian element, right? So my, maybe my claim is going to say that a dystopian protagonist always has traits of rebellion, right? Or rebelliousness, period. Then the student's going to finish that paragraph based on their dystopian protagonist. Mm -hmm. Students will accomplish that task with varying levels of success. And like Marie said, if my student maybe hasn't done enough to be able to do that with their novel, they can do that with Harrison Bergeron. They can do that with Limetown. They can do that with whatever those other things are that are going on. And then my conversation becomes one-on-one with that student. We've all had that moment where you stood in front of the class and said, you know, I'm really trying to do something good for you guys here, but no one's reading and everything's the worst and it's all your fault. Like, oh my God. I, I like literally gave that speech so many times in my first like six years of teaching. Oh, it's hitting a little close to home over here too. I, I say it with such a mocking tone because that's how I hear myself yeah. <laughs> in 2012 saying, you guys, you're supposed, you know, one's rating. And then like, you know, like the 10 kids who are reading are like, what the heck? Like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And like those kids get real fed up real yep. fast. Yeah. So all it is to say like these formative assessments allow you to actually do the one-on-one work with kids. And figure out like what's going on, because I don't want to just assume that people aren't reading or students aren't reading because they don't comprehend the book. Like maybe that's true, but a blanket assumption that the whole class is having the same struggle and the same reason that they're not reading at home is crazy talk that I gave myself all the time. So now with the information from that assessment, I can go and have one-on-one conversations. I can call home. I can figure out on a, a much more measured scale what the actual problems are. You're not just grasping at at something. You've got focus and you've got something that is leading you and maybe you dovetail away, but like at least you started somewhere solid and you have somewhere to go. Absolutely. Friends, we told you this was going to be a quick episode and we actually accomplished for, I think the first time ever, a little bit of brevity. So let's just- I feel like we should keep talking. I know, but- we promised them they would be quick. So we're going to, and you need to go pick up your kids. So but I think we made our point though, right? That, that uh, yeah. It's almost the same thing. It's a yes. whole class or choice. The same, the same principles apply. The same principles apply. They just look a little bit different. So that's why we thought that it kind of bared having its own little yes. episode of this is what that looks like. And if you want to see a little bit more specifics, make sure that you are following us on Instagram and I'll just volunteer myself because this is what I do all the time. Follow me at the caffeinated class on Instagram because I'm talking all the time about what I'm doing with choice, specifically choice novels, but just choice in general and how that helps build in differentiation and all of the things that we're talking about. Differentiation, not differentiation, because that's not a word. No. Anyways, friends, thank you for joining us today. Let us know what your questions are. Find us over on Instagram. Send us an email. Let us know questions, concerns, or even like aha moments. Those are great as well because it helps us like it feeds the monster here and lets us figure out what you need and what we're doing that works. So with that, we are going to say goodbye. Thank you so much for joining us today. We will see you next time and we cannot wait for more. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. 
And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school. 